0: Do you dream of a white Christmas that we celebrate the holidays together as one? Nuh-uh, honey. I'm here for the eggnog and the time off. Hit it. What up, Grinches? It's time to have fun these holidays with items from PiperLoo.com. If you can't get through the holidays without
1: your jolly juice to avoid a serious case of resting Grinch face, then Piper Lou has the goods you need, girl. Snarky wine tumblers, sarcastic sweaters, and more. Shop PiperLoo.com and use promo code SANTA for 40% off your order. That's PiperLOU.com today.
2: Blog Talk Radio. I'm going to a city that's dead on a hill. The ruler and maker is the Lord God above. Oh, I'm going to a city and it's set on a hill. And someday I'll be in heaven and there'll be no sorrow there. Oh, I'm going to a city at life. Hello,
0: everybody. God bless you today. This is Susan Puzio, and I want to welcome you to the Prophetic News Radio Broadcast on Blog Talk Radio, broadcasting now since 2009, and it's hard to believe we've been here all these years, but there's hundreds of programs in our archives, and if you go to my show page on Blog Talk Radio under my name, Susan Puzio, you'll have access to all the programs that we've done over the years. And the Bible says don't despise small beginnings, and we don't. We're going on 900,000 listens in those years, which I think is really great because we don't really do any advertising. And somehow, some way, God brings our listeners, and we're very grateful for that and we want to thank you. I want to thank you personally for listening and uh, being a part of our broadcast every week. We have many listeners around the world. I want to say hello to all our listeners in the United States and in Canada, Australia, Sweden, South Africa, and New Zealand, many different countries around the world. We have Listeners and our listeners, especially in England, too, which we have quite a good listenership there. So we have brethren all over the world that are trying to see the church reform. And that's our aim is to bring reformation to help finish the reformation of the church and bring people back to loving Jesus first and doing all things for him and uh, not for ourselves. So there was there is some news this week, big news in the prosperity gospel world of Marcus Lamb, the president and founder of the Daystar Television Network, who died on Tuesday. I believe it was Tuesday that he passed away. And he died of complications from the coronavirus, the evil, wicked, I call it the devil virus, which it is. And it does not discriminate. It it does not discriminate as far as uh, I had a friend die a week ago, and he had two vaccinations. And he was in in his 70s, and uh, he was sick. He caught the virus about two months ago, and then he got better. And then he died. So Marcus Lamb, I know, wasn't vaccinated, but it it actually really doesn't seem to matter. I guess, on a certain basis, uh, if you're, I think it's mean and it, it's very cruel for people to judge people that don't get a vaccination and then they die of the virus when vaccinated people die of the virus also. So we can't judge people one way or the other for their decisions. That's your decision, what you decide to do, but it doesn't really 100% protect people. That's what I've been seeing, and, and that's not the only person that I know. I, I've known quite a few people that have died of this thing and vaccinated and unvaccinated. So, But we know as Christians anyway that when it's our time to go, we're going. As the Bible says, it is appointed on command once to die and then the judgment so whether uh you uh get sick or you don't get sick or you have a vaccine or you're taking this medication or that medication when it's time to go, it's time to go um marcus lamb had was sixty four and he had some he had diabetes, which he never revealed as far as I know that's what the family said and so when you have diabetes, sometimes the virus causes many complications. And so he was in the hospital 17 days, I think, and on oxygen and on some of the different medications that they had been talking about anyway on their network. And so his heart gave out, they said, and that's why he died From the uh, complications He was having trouble breathing But um, Joni His wife said that it wasn't That he wasn't breathing He was breathing But it was his heart Which that's what happens sometimes When people have diabetes It makes your sugar spike And there's many complications With this thing People get blood clots Oh it's horrible Horrible thing So I don't I'm um, so I sorry for anybody that gets this virus. I don't care who it is, and or what they've done. Nobody deserves this thing because it wasn't anything that occur, occurred in the natural. This thing was created in a lab somewhere. Uh, we we don't exactly know where I don't think to affect people's lungs, and that's really what it does. So. I don't know how long it's going to be here. I don't see it going away. It just keeps mutating into different mutations. And we're in the end times. And I think it's something we have to face. I don't think any of us like it. None of us like the fact that our lives are forever changed. And uh, our families' lives are forever changed. But we just have to keep our faith and hope in Jesus Christ because we can't stop the book of revelation from happening. And uh, so I don't care how many faith confessions these people made. And of course, Marcus lamb and his family, everybody was praying that he would get healed and that he would rise up and have a better, greater ministry than he ever had. And, uh, but I believe the Lord took him home at, I, he, I didn't hear of any public repentance as far as, of his false teachings and for the uh, the sorrow that he caused the body of Christ, of course, about with lying about Jesus and how Jesus blesses people and, and the fact that he was telling people to give $1,000 or how much different numbers of money, amounts of money to give for salvation of their families and for healing of their bodies. But it didn't matter in the end that Marcus, may have accumulated over $100 million or $200 million worth of assets, it didn't do him any good in the end. And all his confessions and uh, all the things that they thought that they could do to prolong his life, it wasn't going to prolong his life because that was the day that he was appointed to die. And And I do think too that the Lord did take him to prevent him from any other things that he might have done because he had kind of a shady past anyway with uh, committing adultery with uh, someone that worked at his ministry for seven years. And then, of course, the false teachings and the false doctrines that he propagated on his network. So uh, sometimes the Lord takes people to keep them from going further into the pit. And uh, it, it's for their own good. But I would have loved to have heard a public apology from him. They're having a funeral on Monday in Dallas at Gateway Church, and that's Robert Morris's church. And it's supposed to be there's a public viewing. They're actually going to have him laid out there at the church from 12 o'clock until 1 o'clock. That's Dallas time. And then they're going to have a funeral service from 1 o'clock till 2.30. So I think, I don't know if they're going to live stream it or not, but it, it would be great if uh, uh it would, would be nice if you could hear some repentance from the family. Uh I don't think it's going to happen. I I think that it's probably going to be a love fest. Uh, and I see some of the posts that some of these preachers are putting up about Marcus, what a great man he was. And oh, when he got to heaven, the Lord said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And, uh, that he was a general, oh, well, no, that's not true. And uh, he did a lot of damage to the cause of Christ by representing Jesus in a most horrible way, really, that uh, you would represent Jesus as someone that would have his hand out for money to do things for the people that he died for. So anyway, I hope it's a wake-up call for a lot of uh, people in this movement, and uh, some of these people that will be at this funeral, it, it is sad for the uh, children. He had three children that he left behind, and so it's sad for them because, of course, you love your father, and uh, but you hope and pray that this is a wake-up call for them, that they would see the error of their ways and turn to Jesus. And to preach Jesus as he really is. And that's what we hope to see throughout all this. And also, there was an event at Joel Osteen's church where somebody was fixing the plumbing <laughs> and they found they opened up the wall inside to get to the plumbing and they found $600,000 in the wall. Well, that's very odd. Anyway, let's bring Ron Roby on for him to talk about this. Event And we're going to talk about tithing Hi Ron
1: Hello uh, Susan how are you
0: Good So I was just talking about Joel Osteen There and uh, Them finding that uh, $600,000 Behind a toilet in a wall
1: Yeah it's interesting uh, This whole thing going down here And I'm not sure exactly where they're going to go With this because uh according to the texas i looked into the texas uh law of limitations or statute of limitations i should say and uh unless he is actually considered to be a public figure he may get a, he may get by with uh with uh that uh, theft of the $600,000 uh 7 years ago uh the law of limitations uh has uh for people that are stealing uh uh things uh uh a 2-year uh limitation and a 3-year uh limitation but for public figures it's a 10-year statute of limitations now they could consider him uh, to be a public figure since he uh or public servant i think it says uh since he is a uh, uh a public figure and he has so many people that he ministers to in his uh false church uh, but uh, yeah. you know, the fact is, the fact is, is if they do not see him as a public servant, if they only see uh, people like firemen and police department and mayors and such as public servant, you know, there was those in the political field, then he may just get by with this uh, theft altogether.
0: To me, it's like. But he won't. Okay, but he won't they... get by.
1: He won't get by in the eyes of God if it was him.
0: Oh no, he's not gonna get by in the eyes of God because here's the thing, they they uh they have this
1: huge uh
0: place there in Houston. And uh he uh well, there must be ten thousand, fifteen thousand, twenty thousand people that go to this place on a Sunday especially and they're collecting tithe money there. And so who's mind in the store? Who's mind in the store over there that $600,000 is in a wall? So can you imagine how many millions of dollars have been pilfered from this place? And Joel doesn't even know. He's supposed to be in charge over there. What's he getting paid for?
1: Exactly. And, you know, that's the thing. If we really look into the scriptures and study what the scriptures say concerning God's commanded path. We we have to come to no other conclusion than it's not just Joel Osteen's uh, church that is guiltering money when they teach the tithe doctrine, but it's churches all over the world, both regular small churches of uh, fifty people in them, all the way up to uh, mega churches that have twenty thousand people.
0: Well, that's it because I know, for instance, like uh, Paula White's church there in Apopka. If she has two hundred people or three hundred people at her Sunday service, that, that she she's doing good because she doesn't really have that many people that, uh, that attend her church. But to look at her financial statements, and I have seen the, the uh, anyway her twenty fourteen uh, tax forms because a friend of mine was sued by Paula White, a YouTube person that makes YouTube videos about Paula, and Paula decided she was going to slap one of those uh, copyright claims on her. Well, then they decided to drop the lawsuit against my friend, Shirley Johnson, and then they, uh, Shirley returned and sued Paula for malicious prosecution, which it was. Paula was going to sue this woman for $10 million and threatened to do it to her and it was quite disturbing really because how do you fight uh, those kind of attorneys Uh, paula had five or six attorneys working on the case and then when shirley sued her for malicious prosecution and shirley won the case she won the case against paula and paula had to pay her damages it wasn't much it was thirteen thousand dollars but shirley johnson acted as her own attorney and she beat Paula's five or six high-paid attorneys. It, w- it was a miracle, really. But in in the uh, she had to turn over her financial documents. So that's why these people should think twice about suing because th- they have to go through a discovery process. And Paula had to turn over her financial records, and so then they put them under seal. And when the Washington Post found out about these documents, they petitioned the court, along with the Trinity Foundation, to make these documents public, which they are public. So I saw the documents, I saw her tax form, and she was getting 650,000 dollars in uh, salary in 2014, and plus she was getting housing allowance and car allowance and whatever so. Small church she was taking in five million Dollars a year in tithe Money now imagine that So they don't even really need A real big congregation to take in Millions
1: Yeah exactly and you Know I mean uh, there's Something that people need to realize uh, About tithing and about uh, uh, Their Requirement to tithe that the Pastor is telling them uh, According to Galatians chapter 3 and verse 10, the Bible tells us that whoever is of the works of the law is uh, cursed if they do not continue in all things that are written in the law. Now, according to the tithe law that God set forth, God said in Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 10 and 11, that you are first to move into the land of Canaan and then begin tithing because then God will will tell you the place where you're supposed to tithe. And it's in the land of Canaan. So how in the world can uh, uh, pastors uh, uh, justify teaching that tithing is supposed to be observed all over the world when the Bible says that you're supposed to obey all things written in the law if you are of the works of the law?
0: Well, we better get a couple big ships ready and fill those ships up with all these tithers and all these pastors that are collecting tithes and ship them off to Canaan. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. But uh yeah, the scriptures is just clear as clear as day as they say, uh, as the old adage says, and uh if I mean we can look directly into the scriptures and we can see uh uh the commands that God has set forth concerning tithing. Uh for instance, Leviticus chapter twenty seven, verses thirty and thirty two. We see that uh verse thirty says all the and all the tithe of the land uh uh, whether it be of the seed of the land or the uh, uh, fruit of the tree is the Lord's, it is holy unto the Lord. Now, that doesn't take a whole rocket science to, to, to look at and say, okay, agricultural. It's the seed of the land, the fruit of the tree. Uh, and it says it's holy unto the Lord. Uh, you go down to, uh, and, and when it says the tithe there, see, there's two definitions to the word tithe. One one definition is the word tense, and the other one is the tense part. What we see in Leviticus chapter 27 and verse 30 is the 10th part, or 10%. Uh, uh, And now in verse 32 it says concerning the tithe of the uh, flocks and of the herds uh, that the 10th animal to pass under the rod is the tithe. Now this is the 10th. This is not the 10th part. If you have 19 sheep, And and they all are born this year, let's say, and they all pass under the rod. It's only that tenth sheep in numerical sequence that is the tithe. Well, one out of ten, or one out of 19, rather, is less than 10%. So the tithe is not necessarily 10%. It can be much lower if you're counting it in sequence. Uh, And people don't understand that that's the only tithe that God commanded in the entire Bible was a tithe of agriculture or agricultural uh, food byproducts. Uh, yeah, you know. Well, so,
0: if anybody could find a, uh, if anybody could find, please, a one tithing scripture that says that the tithe was money, we will, I, we will give you a thousand. I will give you a thousand dollars because
1: it's not oh, in I'll, there. I'll chip in. I'll chip in a thousand dollars too. I mean, that's just okay. Uh, it's not there, you know. And but you know, no, the fact is. There. <laughs> right Now, see, the fact is, is the Bible tells us clearly that it's agricultural And even Jesus demonstrates that his Father in heaven does not require monetary ties When we look at the uh, Matthew chapter 17, verses 24 through 27 A uh, very famous text, uh, uh, you know, people like to use the verse 27 uh, uh To prove that we're supposed to give and everything And it's where Jesus told the disciples to go uh, fishing And uh, they would find the coin in the fish's mouth And they could pay the taxes with that coin But see, according to that passage The coin belonged to the tax collectors It didn't belong to the church Jesus told them give that coin to the tax collectors Now, if God requires monetary tithing why didn't he tell them to make sure you take that 10% out of that coin and then give them the rest? We go over to yeah, Matthew he, chapter... Yeah, Jesus go,
0: didn't say it. Yeah, he didn't right. say, give me like my 10.
1: Okay, Matthew chapter 22, verses 17 through 21. This, this passage here actually proves or uh, tells us why Jesus did not have the coin, uh, 10% of that coin taken out for the church, because that chapter... Uh, The Herodian disciples and Pharisees Asked Jesus They were trying to trick Jesus And they asked Jesus Is it lawful to pay tribute And Jesus said Why tempt you me? Bring me a penny So they brought him a penny He held it up in front of him He said whose image and superscription They said Caesar's He said okay Render unto Caesar that which is Caesar And unto God that which is God's Now if you think about it, it They didn't ask Uh, Is it lawful to tithe, or should we tithe? No, they asked about tribute. And Jesus said, whose image and superscription? Okay, well, it was Caesar's. Jesus was telling them, hey, that coin has Caesar's superscription and image on it. It belongs to Caesar. Render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. He was saying that if Caesar wants that entire coin, Caesar needs to be given that entire coin because it belongs to him. It's in his image. Who were we made in? What image were we made in? According to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27, we were made in the image of God. So Jesus wasn't saying to tithe your money in in Matthew chapter 22. He he was actually proving that money is not required to be tithed. In Matthew 22 and verse 21, he said, Render unto God that which is God. He was speaking of yourself. You were made in God's image, you need to be yielded to God. The coin was made in Caesar's image, it needs to be yielded to Caesar. And Paul yeah. uh, reiterated that in the book of Romans in chapter 12 and verse 1. Paul said that we're to present our bodies to God as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So, yeah, well, the, Jesus proves that money is not required. Uh, and there's other passages I could use, Luke chapter Twelve, verse thirty-three, Luke twenty-two, thirty-six. These show that tithing was not re- of money was not required. But yeah. then we get into we have,
0: uh, yeah, somebody's yeah. making a comment here in the uh, chat room that they like to get around that by using Melchizedek as an example, who was before the law. I don't know we right. talked yeah. about this before, but go ahead and comment.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing that they do like to use Melchizedek. The problem with that is, okay, let's say let's let's go with the uh, Abraham tithe before the law uh, argument. Okay, well, according to the scriptures, Abram also circumcised more than three hundred people. <laughs> how many how many how many people have they circumcised? If they're going to use the uh, uh, tithe before the law argument.
2: Oh I don't think so. <laughs> so,
1: you know, it's it's obvious it's obvious that uh the tithes before the law uh existed argument is not gonna fly. Uh, yeah, and here's another reason it will not fly. What Abraham tithed to Melchizedek was not his own property. No. We see that in the in the text of Genesis chapter fourteen, verse sixteen, after Abraham had killed the wicked kings you know, uh, 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 he. the Bible tells us that Abraham brought back the goods and, and Lot and all his goods and the people. Well, okay, it says Lot and all his goods. Okay, so that proves right there that the goods that Abraham recovered after killing those wicked kings did not belong to Abraham because it clearly says Lot and his goods. So Abraham was not claiming any of those goods as his his own property. He even told Bera, the king of Sodom, uh, in chapter 14 there in verse 23 and 24, that he had lifted his hand to God, telling God that he would not claim any of the goods as his own. So uh, yeah. uh, I don't think Abraham lied to God and collected the, the goods and said, these are mine, you know, and then turned around and gave tithes out of them and then gave them back to Bera and told Barra, I promised God that I wasn't going to keep any.
0: Yeah, exactly. They gloss over that part because they love. But that, then again, you see how people can twist scriptures because if, if you're not sitting there with your Bible open and you're reading the thing in context, they're going to tell you that, "Oh, well look at what Abraham did." And then you're not going to read the rest of the passage usually. You're most people just believe what they're told by the pastor.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And I wrote an article on that several years back called "Their Focus Blurs the Truth." And you really think about yeah. it, pastors, have you? Pastors, have you focusing on Just certain parts of a passage, you know, uh, just like this, Abraham tithed before the law. But they don't want you to focus on the fact that what Abraham tithes was the goods of the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. It wasn't his own Uh, wealth. Genesis 13, verse 2, tells us that Abraham was rich in gold and silver and cattle. But we don't see him bringing that gold and silver and cattle to Shave to give to uh, Melchizedek. He gives Melchizedek. The uh, tenth of the spoils Revel, uh, Hebrews the chapter spoils. 7 and verse 4 tells us
0: Yeah Well it's just like these preachers Where they say And you see them all the time They say, We feed the poor And uh, they take these pastors Like Paula White and Rodney Howard Brown And Rod Parsons And now Benny Hins do it with these feeding programs And they want you to send them money Which they're getting the food for free And so all they have to do is distribute the food. Yeah. So they get the food from Life Feeding America. They get grants. I've seen the grants. They're on uh, public documents, uh, ProPublica 990 finder. You can find these documents online, and you can see how much money some of these ministries get in grants for food. So then they make you think, like, we're feeding the poor with your tithe money, with your offerings. Look at that. We fed one million something pounds of food. And uh, then they say, like you hear uh, at Paula White's church, they say, and Paula all her life, all she wanted to do was feed the poor, the poor and the needy. And it's not Paula's money. It's not Benny's money. They're They're not taking the money out of their personal bank accounts. If you're taking the money out of your personal bank account to do benevolence, then you have you might have a little right to brag and say I'm feeding the poor, but if it's coming from tithe money that you're illegally collecting, then you're not feeding the poor.
1: Exactly, and that's the whole thing. You know, according to the Bible, that's mainly what tithing was for was feeding the poor. Uh, uh, you know, you look at Numbers chapter 18, uh, verse 21. The Bible says that God gave the tithe of the land or the tithe of, the, of, the, of all Israel to the uh, Levites as their inheritance because they had no uh, land inheritance among the other tribes. Uh, and, you know, uh, the we've already established in Leviticus that the tithe was agricultural. In, in other words, it was food. Uh, so they, yeah. the tithe was given to the poor. The Levites were considered poor because they did not have a land inheritance Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 14 verses 28 and 29 And Deuteronomy 26 verses 12 through 17 Tells us that there were other poor people that were considered poor That were to receive the tithes every three years uh, And that was the uh, widow uh, Women who have lost their husbands due to uh, death Uh, It was the fatherless Which were children whose fathers had died Or their fathers had abandoned them And then strangers, Uh, strangers were considered those who were visiting the uh, tribes, the different tribes of Israel. Uh, uh, According to Exodus chapter 12 and verse 49, we read that uh, one law shall be uh, for all of you, uh, you that are homeborn. In other words, the Israelites that are born in the land of Canaan and for uh, the stranger that sojourneth with you. And the word sojourns there. Actually means visiting. So it's it's people from outside of Canaan that are visiting Canaan that are visiting the uh, uh, Israelites. Uh, you know there are people that take trips to the Holy Land every year. Yeah. Uh, well, you know according uh, according to the law, if if the law is still in effect, uh, the, these people every three years, these people that are visiting the land of Canaan should be given tithes. But, again, it's supposed to be yeah. agricultural ties, not monetary ties. So uh, this yeah, well, is a, what, what we the call the charity ties. Right. This is what we the call the charity ties or the four ties. Yeah. Uh-huh. The storehouse,
0: that's why so, they call it a storehouse, because that's where they st- stored the ac- agricultural products.
1: Right. Now, that's another thing, too. The storehouse, there was really only one storehouse for God's ties. There were storehouses all over. Israel uh where they stored food and other items, but according to the scripture, there was only one storehouse for God's past, and over six hundred thousand miles of land square miles or rather of landmass. uh that's how big Canaan was uh there was only wow. one storehouse yeah wow uh, and that store, that storehouse was in uh the city of Jerusalem. At the temple. Uh, now, and and we can see that when we read and rightly divide the word of truth. Uh, according to Deuteronomy chapter 12, verses 11 and 12, God told the uh, the congregation that uh, once they moved into Israel, there would be a place to take their paths. Uh, yeah. And, uh, of course, once they, not just after they moved into, into Israel, but after they uh, uh, found rest from their enemies. In other words, they were no longer at war well they moved into the land of Israel in 1410 BC but they were still fighting amalekites and hittites and several different heights uh uh yeah. during their journey into the uh or during their, their living in that land uh and, and taking possession of the land uh they did not actually have a place god did not name a place for them to take their tithes until 960 BC 450 years after they moved into the land. Uh and we see that in second in chronicles chapter 6 verses 5 and 6 God said, you know, that from the time they left Egypt there had not been a place where he had chosen to place his name. But he said, I have chosen Jerusalem as the place to place my name and David to build my house. Now, what's yeah. interesting there is that ties in with deuteronomy chapter 12 because jesus said once you move into the land and you find rest from your enemies he said then there will be a place where i will choose to place my name and there you will bring your vows and your offerings and your tithes and so on and so forth so god was saying that they were to bring their tithes to the place he chose and second chronicles six verses five and six says that the place he chose to place his name was jerusalem now this is interesting here because it wasn't he wasn't saying that the the, the uh, twelve tribes or eleven tribes of the twelve the congregation he wasn't saying the congregation is the tithe to the house of God in the, in, the, in these two passages he said they were to take yeah. their ties to Jerusalem because if we look at Numbers chapter eighteen verses twenty one through twenty four we find something interesting we find that God told the Israelites uh, the congregation. Uh, that they were not to even go near the house of God with their tithes. They were to give their tithes wow. to the Levites because the Levites uh, had no land inheritance amongst them. Uh, inheritance amongst them, and uh, the tithe of the of the congregation was to be the inheritance of the Israelites of the Levites rather. Now in Num- Nehemiah chapter. 10, verses 37 and 38, well, let's look back up verse 29 first because it helps to establish this. But uh, Nehemiah chapter 10, verse 29, the congregation agreed to enter into an oath. They entered into an oath to, and agreed to walk in God's law. Now, in verse 37 of that same chapter, they agreed to take their first fruits to the house of God and into the chambers, of uh, the chambers meaning the storehouse. So they were allowed to take their first fruits according to the law, because they said we're returning to the law. Uh, they were allowed to take their first fruits to the house of God. But it says that their tithes they gave to the Levites, uh, or they would give to the Levites, and the Levites would take a tithe of the tithe to the house of God and into the chambers. So it, it clearly ties in with the numbers, chapter 18, verses 21 through 24, where it said that the, the children of Israel, or the, or the congregation as it's also called, was not to go near the house of God with their tithes. They gave the tithes to the Levites. The Levites took a tithe of the tithes to the house of God. So it was only 1% of Israel's total agricultural uh, uh, produce or increase uh, that went to the house of God as a tithe, not 10%. Uh, it was it
0: so, was ten so,
1: percent. Uh, it was ten percent of that, the inheritance, but yeah.
0: Do you have that scripture available right now that you could read it?
1: Um, let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Yeah. Uh, the ne- Nehemiah chapter ten. Uh, That's see, really
0: I'm, really I'm, a, a very eye opening
1: scripture. I'm trying kind of kind of here. Okay, Nehemiah. And 10. And let me scroll down here to 29. Okay, chapter 10, verse 29 says the rest of them. Okay, that's 20, 29. Here we go. They claimed to their brethren, their nobles, and entered into a curse and into an oath to walk in God's law, which was given by Moses, the servant of God, and to observe and do all the commands of the law of the Lord our Lord and His judgments and His statutes. So they agreed to walk in the law, to 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 ob- observe all the commands and statutes that the Lord has set forth. Okay, you drop down to chapter uh, to the same chapter to verse 37. Uh, it says, "And that we should bring the first fruits of our dough." and our offerings, and the fruit of all manner of trees, of wine and of oil, uh, unto the priest, to the chambers of the house of God. And again, like I said, the chambers of the house of God were considered to be the storehouse. That's where the tithes were stored. Uh, uh, okay, it goes on to say, uh, to the chambers of the God, uh, of our God, tithes of our ground unto the Levite. That the same Levites might have the tithes in all the cities of our village, verse thirty-eight. And the priest, the son of Levi, uh, the son of Aaron, rather, shall be with the Levites when the Levites take tithes, and the Levites shall bring up the tithes of the tithe unto the house of our God, to the chambers and to the treasure house. Now, what's interesting there? It says, uh, you know, that the priest will be with the with the levites uh at the time that the levites take the task. Uh, so we see two different classes of levites because the, the tribe of Aaron these the Aaron and his sons were actually levites as well we know this because uh the bible tells us that Aaron was a levite uh so uh and plus he was brother of Moses who was a levite yeah. But what's interesting here is people always say that tithes and first fruits are the same thing, but according to this, it isn't because the congregation takes the first fruits into the house of God, but they do not take the tithes to the house of God.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And this is in, and this is returning to the law, uh, verse 29, uh, which the law in uh, Numbers chapter 18. Let me see if I can pull that up real quick. Numbers. Eighteen and uh, verse thirty. Oh, no, verse,
0: uh, well, it's verse, interesting 30, verse too that uh, they like to say that the pastor is the priest, so you have to bring your tithes to the priest. But oh, the I'm priest gonna br- I'm gonna bring David. something
1: up. I'm gonna bring something up about that as well because this is interesting. But okay. <laughs> Numbers eighteen twenty-one. And behold, I have given the children of Levi all the tents In Israel for an inheritance For their service Which they serve Even the service of the tabernacle Of the congregation Neither must the children of Israel Henceforth come at the tabernacle Of the congregation That they bear sin and die. But the Levites shall do the service Of the tabernacle uh, Of the congregation And they shall bear their iniquity And uh, it shall be a statute Forever Generations, that among yeah. You need to generations. come
0: closer to your uh, speaker or your microphone because you're, break, you're breaking up a little bit
1: Oh, I'm sorry uh, But uh, yeah, it says better. that they shall have no inheritance okay. But what's interesting here is they're returning to the law And the law said they could not go near the tabernacle The congregation couldn't uh, And uh, we see that in Nehemiah now you brought up something there about the people saying that the 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 pastors are the Levites of today. Well, you know, yeah, if this I is true, we, yeah. we can we can we can roll with this. Let's 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 just roll with this for a minute. We know that it's not true because in order to be a Levite, you have to be born in the lineage of Levi. Uh, which yeah, there's really no proof that they can. But let's roll with it and say that that they are, they are the Levites of today. Okay, well, according to Numbers chapter 8, verses 23 to 25, these pastors that are younger than 25 years old or older than 50 years old are not uh, uh, in obedience to God. They're not in God's will if they're Levites, because God said that the Levites are not to serve in the uh, house of God any younger than 25 years and any older than 50 years. So they were only supposed to serve twenty-five. They were only supposed to serve no more than twenty-five years of their life. Yeah, and we have pastors in churches today that are in their seventies and eighties. Uh, oh, yeah. I think Peter Ruckman. Peter Ruckman before he died, when he died, he was in his eighties. You know, so. Clearly, we we see pastors that if they are Levites, if these, if the congregation sees their pastors as the Levites of today, according to Numbers chapter eight verse twenty three through twenty five, the congregation should be putting their pastors out of the church altogether because the Bible says they're not along, allowed to serve after the age of fifty.
0: Yeah. Well, we know they're not. We know that.
1: Exactly, 99. exactly. 99. and
0: nine uh, percent of these people are not from Le- the tribe of Levi. We know that. Right. We know they're not right. Levi.
1: But, you know, speaking of people, yeah. uh, you know, I mentioned earlier that I'd written an article called uh, Their Focus Blurs the Truth. You know, and that's just yeah. another perfect example. They're focusing on the pastor as being the Levite, but they're totally blurring what, what God said that Levites uh, are supposed to be Absorbing, you know, and that's to not to absorb past the age of 50. Uh, you know, so well, uh, the pastors actually that. have them. The pastors actually have them so anyone. confused.
0: No, yeah. Totally confused. But you, you, you have to be hungry enough for the truth to delve into the scriptures for yourself to find out. Why? Right. When I started to see all the greed and the selfishness and everything that I was seeing in this in the Word of Faith movement, and I, I, I just couldn't take it anymore. And I'm thinking, there's something wrong here. There's just something wrong with this seed sowing stuff and this tithing stuff because they say, oh, we're going to help. We're really going to help. We want money so we can help people. But then they didn't really want to help people. They were helping themselves, all right. They were living the They were living large, most of these pastors. And uh, I even heard this testimony the other day of this uh, wife. Uh, They're divorced now, but she was the wife of this man that called himself a bishop and a pastor and whatever, and he was collecting tithe money. And they were broke. Like, they were living in mansions they couldn't afford, and then they were being evicted, and all this was going on behind the scenes because they had to keep up with the Joneses or keep up with this image that they were trying to portray. And then, and then he started preaching about being, you're you're going to be under my authority as the pastor. And she would tell people, well, you know, no, you're under the authority of Jesus. And she said when they would go home, he would start yelling at her. How could you say that to people that they're not under my authority? Don't ever say that again. <laughs>
1: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs>
0: so it's about power and control. A lot of it.
1: Exactly. Now some may may want to run to uh, Malachi chapter three. You know when the where, oh, yeah. Bible, where yeah. the Bible says, and that's that's a famous one for pastors. And this is another famous, example of pastors
0: famous.
1: focusing on yeah focusing on something and blurring the actual truth that's in the passage. Uh, you know they run to Malachi chapter three in verse eight. Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye uh, uh, say, wherein have we robbed thee in tithes and offerings? Uh, you know, and it says, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me even this whole, whole nation. Uh, and it, uh, bring the, they bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, sayeth the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing that you'll not be able to contain. But see, the focus on those three verses actually blurs the truth of those three verses. Because if you back up yeah. just one verse, If you back up one verse, you see where God said, Even from the days of your fathers ye are gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, Wherein shall we return? God was calling for a return to his ordinances. And that's the whole point here in this particular passage. The uh, Levitical priests were... Uh, had gone away from God's ordinances, and God was saying, Return unto, unto me. Return unto my ordinances. Now, if you go back into the ordinances, I've described some of them there. I've described the main ones, actually. Uh, Leviticus chapter 27, the Bible says that that's one of the ordinances. It says that the tithe is the Lord; it's holy unto the Lord, and that it's the the seed of the land, the fruit of the tree, and every tenth animal to pass under the rod. Now, if we back go back to Malachi chapter 3, we see that God was calling for a return to the ordinances. Okay, well, God was calling for an agricultural tithe. Then, at that point, uh, He was not calling yes. for a monetary tithe. And so, to bring yeah. money, money, so to bring money in response of uh, uh, to Malachi chapter three ten is actually not uh, obeying God, but disobeying God. Uh, <laughs> Malachi would not. God would not have called for a return to His ordinances in chapter three and verse seven. And then told the people to tithe money because that, in verse 10, because that would be transgressing the ordinances. Uh, likewise, yeah. I, I, I mentioned the fact that the congregation is not supposed to go near the house of God with their tithes. Yeah. Okay, well, God called for a return to the ordinances. Uh, and uh, God would not tell them to return to the ordinances and then turn around and tell the congregation to transgress the ordinances by bringing their tithes to the house of God. So this is not speaking to a congregation. This is speaking to a specific people, the priests of Israel. Uh, and we see that in chapter 1 of uh, of the same book, Malachi, verse 1, it says uh, that the burden of the Lord is to Israel. And then verse 6 says that the Israel, he's speaking specifically to the priests because he says, o ye, And then you look into chapter 2 and verse 1, and it says, And now, O ye priests, this command is for you. So God is speaking specifically to the priests of Israel in this chapter. And yeah. and people don't even people people's focus on will a man rob God yet ye have robbed me, actually blurs that truth. They don't see that it's the priests of Israel that God is speaking to, and not everybody, because nobody but the priest of Israel or nobody but Levites, the Levitic tribe of Israel, was to tithe to the house of God. Yeah. So it's dishonest. Right. And so it's dishonest for pastors to use this passage, Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 through 10, to tell their congregation that God requires them to tithe monetary income to the house of God because this is not about the congregation. It's not about the church. It's not about money. It's about the priests of Israel who stole agricultural tithes, the tithes that were required in the ordinances, and uh, uh, God was saying, bring them back.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you wish they would bring back all that money with their mansions and their jets. They get so rich that they don't know what to do with the money anymore. They just blow it on anything. They put it in walls. It's being robbed. But the thing is, if you're going to be a thief, if you're going to stand in a pulpit and you're going to lie to people Sunday after Sunday, you're going to reap what you sell. Well, they love to tell you about selling and reaping. Well, you're going to reap what you sow. You steal, somebody's going to steal from you, and that's what's happening. They don't even watch. If it was me, I would be in that counting room. I would be watching that money. I want to know what's going on if if I'm running a big church or whatever. I want to know what's going on. People are giving their money. You have to be a good steward. You can't just let people walk off with it. You don't know who's counting the money. You need to be there. And you need to be diligent to watch what's going. And then another thing, if we can't live by faith, if we're going to set an example as any kind of a ministry leader, we have to set the example of someone that lives by faith. We don't beg. We don't steal. We don't lie and teach the people because we want to fund some ministry. You have to say, I'm going to teach you how to trust God, and I'm go- I have to trust God just like you do. And you have to be an example. But it's really a Ponzi scheme, and uh, the person at the top, it's a pyramid scheme. The person at the top is the person that's getting all the money. It's usually the pastor or the evangelist or, you know, the TV preacher or whatever. They're the person at the top that's collecting all the money, and they're telling you. They're not living by faith, And but they're well, going to no, tell you, not. give me some money. No, you give me some money and God's going to bless you if you give it to me because I'm good ground. And it's just pride and it's arrogancy and uh, it it has nothing to do with the gospel of Jesus Christ because I don't remember any of the apostles or even Jesus himself. Jesus never had his hand out for an offering. He never said to anybody, well, you know, uh, that's going to cost you $10 or that's going to cost you $1,000. Or in any of the apostles, they never said that either. When that guy came up to them uh, in the in the scriptures and he said, uh, "I want what you have," and they said, "Well, you can't it can't be purchased with silver and gold." So why would people exactly. think that they could they could buy things from God? It's like what Bible are well, you, you reading?
1: Exactly, and you know the whole thing is is pastors are deceiving the flocks, and they're programming the flocks to believe their word instead of God's word. You know, it's like I was reading on social media this morning. This one person asked somebody that was teaching against tithing. He said, "What are you encouraging Christians to do? Revolt against God? No, we're not teaching people to revolt against God. We want people to get back in God's (laughs) will." You know, the fact is, is, the pastor himself was the one that was teaching people to revolt against God because God said his tithe <laughs> is to be agricultural, not money. You know, the pastor said that God's tithe is to be taken to Jerusalem, not not to a, a city in, in the United States or Nigeria or anywhere else. Uh, you know, and so the fact is, is people are being taught to revolt against God, but it's not by... Uh, those that are teaching the truth in god 's word it 's the people that are teaching the lies about god 's word uh you know and yeah. that 's the whole thing we need to return to the we need to return to the truth and stick with the truth uh you know it's it 's really sad because we see so many people that are living in poverty and it 's because they're not and most of the time it 's because they are not good stewards with that money that God has entrusted them with. And that God, the Bible says that God gives us the power to make wealth. Well, when, He does give us the power to make wealth, but He also expects us to make wise decisions concerning that wealth, and uh, yeah, yielding it over to people that are going to lie to you in order to get it really is not a wise decision. Uh, no, you, you no, know, and that's they, the whole thing. Need
0: to vacate those churches. They need to vacate and not go back. Uh, if they, if if your pastor gets up and he starts. Tell you have to give a thousand dollars, you have to give five hundred dollars, or you have to give me ten percent of your money or else you're I've heard them I've heard them say this. You know, your washing machine could break down. You're wondering why your washing machine and your car keep breaking down? Well you're not tithing. You know that why you can't get that good job? Well you're not tithing. What kind of a thing is that to say to somebody? And why would right. you even want to believe that? That God that well, Jesus you know... Christ who died for you would treat you like that.
1: Exactly, and you know, the thing is, is people may be tithing, and the pastor just doesn't realize it. Uh, Now, why I say that is, according to Leviticus chapter 27 and 20, uh, uh, verses 30 and 32, uh, we've already established that the tithe means tenth or tenth part. Now, what's interesting here is if you have a wallet in your hand and you reach in that wallet you can start counting from one side of the money that you have in your wallet to the other you get to the tenth bill and you pull that tenth bill out that bill may only be a one dollar bill but it's a tenth in sequence so therefore it's it's uh, uh technically a tithe even if you have uh 600 bills in your wallet uh, $600 or more. If that tenth bill in sequence was just $1, you actually have given a tithe. But here's the thing you have not, even though you have given a tithe, you have not given God's tithe because God said his tithe is to be agricultural. Well, as yeah. verse 30, it says that, uh, that 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 tithe is a tenth part of the uh, agriculture. Well, it, uh, the word tithe also, like I say, meant tenth part. If you. Uh, had $600 in your wallet and you took $60 out, technically you would be giving a tithe, but you would not be giving God's tithe. So we need to get out of the mindset of I'm giving God his tithe when we put money in an envelope and put it in the offering plate, because if if you put your money in an envelope that's marked God's tithe, what you're doing is you're actually passing counterfeit. Now that may be a genuine <laughs> that may be a, a genuine $50 bill that you're putting in that envelope. But it's not God's path because God said it was agriculture. So therefore, uh, I used to tell people, you know, when does a genuine $50 bill become a counterfeit? When you slide it in an envelope marked God's path. You're sending God yeah. something that you're saying this is a path, and God says, "No, that's not my path. I didn't ask for that."
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh Acts eight twenty, uh, it says that, but Peter said unto them, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. So you can't purchase right. anything from God with money. You can't give enough money to other people just to get God to bless you back. God is going to exactly. give you what he thinks you can handle. He's not going to give you any more than that. And anyway, that should never be our attitude. And that's the attitude that is being perpetrated in, in these so-called churches today is that you? they tell you you're not going to give to get and you're not going to buy a miracle. But God is saying right now that you have to send that $100 or you have to run to the phone right now. Don't miss your moment. And it's just witchcraft and manipulation and you have to say no or, you can tell him call him up and give him this scripture Acts 8:20 you can't purchase the gift of God with money
1: Exactly Romans chapter 8 and verse 32 tells us that uh God who gave us his son freely will also with his son give us all things freely and so it does not cost us anything for God to bless us James chapter 4 yeah. verse 2 James told James told us that if you have not because you ask not You know, uh, he didn't say you have not because you don't give the tithe.
0: Uh, You know, and now
1: many many people will say, "Well, tithing works for me. I give I give a tithe, and last week I got a check in the mail, or God blessed me with this, or God blessed me with that." But according to the scriptures, that can't be what God. uh, That can't be the response to God's uh, uh, giving God a tithe, Uh, because according to the scriptures, God said, "If you give me the tithe." I'll pour out a blessing that you cannot receive, you know, which means you're not going to have enough room to, to contain it. And uh, uh, somebody getting a check for $200 in the mail that they weren't expecting, that's really not uh, uh, something that they can't contain. They can put that in their bank account. <laughs> they can put it in their wallet. Uh, so obviously they can contain it. Uh, you know, uh, now there's, what's interesting here is the fact that, God God isn't the only one that promises people uh, uh, rewards for doing things. According to Luke chapter 4 and Matthew chapter 4, the devil himself will reward those who bow to his lies. The devil offered Jesus the the riches of this world. You know, if Jesus would just bow down to him. Many people are bowing to the lie. Now, it's possible that Satan may be rewarding these people that are are getting this $200 check or a $50 check or whatever in the mail, uh, that they think it's actually God that's rewarding them and when it might not be God. So we have to be very careful because God is very specific with what he says is his rewards. God is very specific with what he says is his, his desires, his uh, 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 will in our lives. No matter what we want, well, what we want, we've got to make sure God is, uh, that that is in God's will.
0: Yeah, well, they like to read. You see that they'll get up on Sunday when they start doing their tide spiel and they're banging you over the head. Every Sunday and every Wednesday, however many services they have, and they spend at least 15, 20 minutes on the giving part. Like, already, I already heard it. Like, I, you don't need to tell me anymore. I know I'm supposed to give. I'm a Christian. Uh, I right. I know the Holy Spirit Lives inside of me He leads me and guides me into all truth So I don't need you beating me over the head uh, About what to give But they'll, the, then they'll bring out the testimony Well look here We got this testimony this week And Brother John stand up and tell What the Lord did for you Because you paid your tithes last week Oh yes I got a brand new car And I got the job I was believing for And I just want to praise God That I gave my 10% and then God bless me back.
1: Exactly. And, you know, that's the thing. I mean, the Spirit will guide us into all truth. You know, I, I've told you a few people, you know, when they say God requires us to tithe, I'd say, well, I've been saved for uh, 40 years plus, and uh, yet uh, the Spirit does not agree with that. Uh, you know, so why hasn't the Spirit told me that I'm supposed to tithe if we're supposed to tithe? And the answer actually is, is because the spirit is not going to disagree with the word of God. The word of God says that yeah. the command to pass was given to the command to pass was given to Israel, not to the church. Leviticus yeah, chapter well, twenty-seven, that's verse thirty-two, thirty-four. That's
0: it. The Holy
1: Spirit's only going to agree
0: with uh, the word of God. So it's not God that you're hearing. Uh, you're hearing usually the voice of somebody that that uh, wants a profession. And their profession right. happens to be preaching, and uh, they now can't do it honestly.
1: Exactly. And there's so they'll many, say, of they'll them, say, many more. uh They'll say, "Well, there's, you need revelation from God. You need revelation from the Holy Spirit. Uh, if you have revelation from the Holy Spirit, you will uh, you will start tithing." Well, actually, you know the fact is, there's any revelation that is contrary to the Word of God. Uh, uh, uh to what God has already spoken in the Bible. Uh that's not revelation at all, that's deception. And the Paul and yes, the apostle Paul true. told us that if any other if an angel or anyone else brings you a message that's contrary to what we preach, let him be accursed. And so we have to be yeah. careful not to preach or not to to embrace doctrines that contradict God's word. Yeah, it's
0: very dangerous. It's really hurt so many people and people are still hurting I think if you took a survey in most of these churches and you ask people okay how many years have you been tithing are you still in debt do you still have a mortgage do you still have a car payment how much do you owe your exactly. credit cards about 90% will tell you or probably more yeah I'm still in debt but you know I, maybe it's just not my time yet I'm just going to hang in there and I'm gonna keep tithing. Well I stopped tithing in nineteen ninety seven. That's the last time I ever paid a tithe. And I never did it again. I never sowed another seed. I just lived my life and went about seeking first the kingdom of God and that's what the Bible says. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added unto you. It's a much better way to live. Because I used exactly. to think, Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this hundred dollars and God's gonna give me a return and uh that's how we thought. It. it was the wrong way to think. It, it was horrible. It was a horrible way to think. And we'd go to these yeah. conferences. These, uh, I went to a missionary conference, believe it or not, once in Denver, Colorado. And they were talking about, oh, well, you know, God wants me to have a mansion and I can have a Rolls Royce. Why shouldn't I have a Rolls Royce? People in the mafia have Rolls Royces. And why shouldn't I have a mansion? People in the mafia have mansions. Why shouldn't Christians have all those things? Okay, there's nothing wrong with having those things if you if you're a businessman, and you made it big in business, you can buy yourself whatever you want. But when you're a preacher collecting tithe money from people, no, no, that's wrong.
1: Right. Well, you know, you look at the apostles, uh, you, uh, the life of the apostles, and. What we see in the Bible and what we see in uh, books like Fox's Book of Martyrs and such, the apostles yeah. uh, did not live a luxurious lifestyle, uh, you know, right. and they were supposed to. We were they were supposed to be examples to us, you know. So if we yeah. were, if if we're supposed to live a luxurious lifestyle on this earth, why didn't the apostles?
0: Well, that's true. That's true, and and uh, also, Ron, I wanted to ask you now. What you have your Facebook page, and your Facebook page is public, open to the public, and you're you're on there every day, and you're ministering to people, and you're answering questions, and, and uh, so if you have any questions, you can go to Ron Roby, R O B E Y, and his Facebook page. But the biggest questions that you get from people,
1: yeah, what the, are the Facebook pages,
0: questions. That you get
1: yeah, the, the, the you Facebook get, page. Control. Right. The Facebook page is actually under the name Ronald Ward Roby. And anybody okay. can come on this page anytime. If they have questions for me, I'll be glad to answer them to the best of my ability. Um, I also have a uh YouTube channel, Ronald Roby, uh that you can go to and you can uh uh uh, Seen many of my videos that I put up there. I've got uh, over seventy seventy cartoon type videos that I put up that uh, explain the path, and I've got live yeah. videos where I'm actually teaching. And uh, uh, there's several videos that I have on YouTube. I also have a uh, a WordPress blog uh, where I've got over three hundred articles, uh, and that's at uh, wow. boldproclaimer.wordpress.com. Uh, BoldProclaimer.WordPress.Com, And yeah, you can go to that as well So uh, I I certainly do try to get the word out to as many people as I can And uh, uh, I'm glad to answer any questions whatsoever Uh, Even on on Twitter, I have a Twitter account that people can ask I don't usually go to Twitter a whole lot Because of the fact that they limit the uh, amount of characters you can put in your posts Uh, I think it's like 288 now but yeah. uh, uh, my Twitter account is the at sign with a Ron and then uh, underscore Roby. And you can reach me yeah. there as well.
0: And uh, so then what are the the biggest comebacks that people give you, the biggest arguments that they give you for tithing?
1: Well, some of the biggest arguments, of course, we've addressed. the uh, And one of the biggest is Abraham tithed before the law. And uh, like I say, Abraham also circumcised more than three hundred people under the law before the law, so you know, how many have you circumcised? Uh, you know, uh they 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 argue that uh God commands us to tithe. They'll say Jesus did not uh abrogate tithing and and you know the fact is is his death is what abrogated the uh, abrogated the tithing. Uh according to Ephesians chapter two, verse fourteen and fifteen. Uh, he abolished the enmity, even the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. And uh, uh, so, uh, certainly, the uh, Bible, as I pointed out in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 7, tithing was an ordinance of God. And Ephesians clearly yeah. says the ordinances were abolished. Uh, you know, uh, well, that but the uh, yeah, there are many that will argue. Right. They'll argue Lord and is. say that if you don't tithe, you're a thief. But yeah. according to the scripture, According to the scripture, Jesus did not tithe his money. Uh, The apostles didn't tithe their money. And, you know, so, uh, right, like I pointed out in Matthew chapter 17, verse 24 through 27, Matthew 22 through uh, 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 chapter 22, verse 17 through 21, Jesus demonstrated that his father does not require tithes of money. And so certainly uh, if, if you're a thief for not tithing your money, uh you know, and many of them say if you don't tithe your money you're a thief and you're going to hell because first yeah. Corinthians chapter uh six and verse chapter six and verses nine through eleven says that no thief will enter heaven, uh, or will not enter inherit the kingdom of heaven. So therefore the only other place you have to go is hell. And they'll say that you're you're a thief because you're not tithing. Okay, well Jesus and his apostles did not tithe their money in the passage no. since that I shared earlier. Uh, so if that well, if means Jesus if not having if money, not having your money, he would have said yeah, it. if not having your he money, would
0: said, he would have done it. He would have said, "Now see here, follow my example. I'm paying tithes. Right. The apostle, where Paul said, "Follow my example." I, no, there's no uh, history of it at all.
1: Right. And now, it exactly see if not important? having your money, if not having your money means that you're a thief, well then. That they've they they've just accused the Lord Jesus Christ of being a thief and his apostles. Yeah. Basically yeah. they've accused him of being a band of thieves because they clearly did not tithe their money. Uh and no. so what we find here is, you know, that if, if we are thieves for not tithing our money, uh the way I see it, if they go ahead and label me that because I'm in good company, I've got Jesus Christ on my side. Well,
0: yeah, <laughs> amen to that. And You mentioned about these people, they make these YouTube videos about going to hell. They go to hell, and they actually saw people in hell that they were there because they didn't tithe. That's what they tell people.
1: Right. Uh, Angelica Houston, or not Houston, Angelica uh, uh, Zambrano is one of them that claims that Jesus took her to hell. She says that she actually died and was in hell for 23 hours. What? And Jesus
0: uh, yeah and Jesus
1: Jesus showed her Jesus showed her people in hell That were there for not having uh, Even their pastors <laughs> uh, There were pastors in hell That did not have their money to the church And therefore they were they were in hell And I'm thinking well you know that, that don't sound like a just God to me Because nowhere in the Bible Does God say that money is to be tithed And like I said even Jesus demonstrated That money is not required to us tithed You know so if if money is not required as a tithe, people to hell because they don't judge, uh, don't have their money. Then God is no longer a just God; He has to be an unjust God.
0: Well, I would like to see that uh, clip. I was looking for that clip of her, that Angelica. I wanted to hear that coming out of her mouth, but she said that she went to hell and she came back. Well, that's a lie because I never saw one place in the Bible where it says you can die and go to hell and come back then why do we have exactly. to accept Jesus? Why do we have to preach the gospel and uh, uh, tell people how to get born again if they can die and go to hell and come back?
1: Ridiculous. Exactly. Uh, you know, and the thing is, she even said that God allowed her to experience the heat of hell. You know, well, if that's the case, yeah. You know, yeah, uh, yeah she yeah, should. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, the, the, and the sad thing is that these people are so brainwashed by the fact that They have to tithe that they believe any kind of lie that these people are telling them.
0: Well, she's uh, she's got quite a few videos I saw on YouTube where she's actually invited to preach in some of these so-called churches. They're having her as a guest speaker. Uh, It's ridiculous. But the pastors like this kind of thing, some of them, because... They want people to tie, so they're going to bring in these people that tell, that try to scare you and tell you're going to go to hell if you don't do it, and, and uh, they hold people in psychological bondage. Could you imagine being that afraid not to give ten percent of your money, thinking you're going to go to hell if you don't do it? That's really
1: evil. Oh yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a psychological bondage, and you know, and people don't even realize that that you know that it is, and. Why would God keep them in psychological bondage? I mean, that don't even make any sense.
0: (laughs) No, uh, Jesus said that we're free, and we're free indeed. I like my freedom in Jesus, and uh, yeah, I enjoy my salvation very much. I don't pay any mind to those preachers, and that's what I tell people. If you're in one of these kind of churches and they start that, don't go back there. Don't waste your time going back there. What? possibly could you get from these kind of churches that don't love you anyway, if they don't have enough love for you to tell you the truth, why would you even want to be there? And that's the first step is to vacate these places and don't support these ministries anymore. And maybe some of them will go away. They only thrive because people uh, buy into this stuff. And so these people are able to make a living and they're able to deceive people and hurt people. It's very, very hurtful what they're doing to families and to people for them to think that I've got to to come on Sunday and I've got to give this 10%. Even though we can't afford our rent and we can't afford our mortgage and and, uh, we can't afford our car payment, we have to bring this 10th to God. Otherwise, we're in big trouble. So it's very mean. Very mean-spirited. Anyway, Ron, you have uh, also your books on Amazon. Tell people
1: about your book. I do have uh, 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 four books on Amazon, actually, and one of those books is actually at barnesandnoble.com as well. Uh, But uh, uh, you, you can go on Barnes & Noble or Amazon and search for my name, Ronald Roby. And uh, it should bring the books up. My latest book is the Biblical Tithe, Cash or Crops, and uh, it, it walks through all the scriptures that speak of tithing and shows the reader why God does not require them to tithe, and that the tithe was restricted to the land of Canaan and it was not a worldwide command. Uh, and uh, on Amazon, it can be got. Uh, the book can be in uh, either. Uh, uh, paperback format or in the Kindle format, and you can actually yeah. read the the book in Kindle format. It's not restricted just to the uh, 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 Kindle tablet. It, you can you can actually get a reader for your your yeah, uh, reader, uh, computer yeah. or yeah. for your iPad uh, or for yeah. your phone, and you can actually read the book uh, on those, even though they're not Kindles. So. Uh, i yeah. do encourage you to look at look at those books if you uh, uh can afford them they're very cheap uh, uh the paperback version on both sites is only 6.95 of the biblical ties uh and uh then the uh um uh kindle form format of it uh is even cheaper than that i think it's like 2.95 and uh, there's times when they put it up for ac- actually for free so you may catch it on a day where you Yeah can just Go in and download it, for, and it doesn't cost you anything whatsoever.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, in, or, in order to put uh, your your book on Amazon, you have to uh, uh-huh. charge something because they don't they don't let you put a book up there. And anyway, people that write books, it's a labor. There's a lot of labor that goes into it, and I I believe a, a workman is worthy of their hire. So uh, anyway. Those things are available out there for you, and uh, yeah, Ron, is your YouTube channel under Ron Roby or Ronald Roby?
1: Uh, it's under Ronald Roby.
0: Okay, Ronald Roby, and yeah, those
1: uh, videos that
0: Ron has on YouTube, they're great. They're uh, simple to look at, as far as they're they're not long, but they're to the point. And anybody that has questions on tithing. Uh, They can search the scriptures for themselves through all the documentation that he's been doing over the years. He's been coming on my program for years, and we've been talking about this. But it's always good to do the refresher course, because we never know if we got new listeners listening. And even though I've heard it so many times, I always learn something new and uh, some new scriptures. Like you had that one scripture. Let's close with that. That was 1 Samuel chapter 8.
1: First Samuel chapter eight. That's now that's interesting there because uh, there God said that uh, you know the the Bible says that the people wanted a king to rule over them like other nations had kings to rule over them uh, and God told Samuel to tell the people hey go ahead and choose you a king uh, you know and he told Samuel because they're choosing a king to rule over them they're rejecting me. Now, what's and, and what's interesting about this is God said that this king that they choose is going to require them to give him tithes. You know, we see that same thing in churches today. Now, the pastor may not yeah. be a king. The bishop may not be a king. The apostle may not be a king. Uh, the prophet may not be a king. But they're choosing his word over God's word. So, therefore, they're rejecting God. God said his tithe is to be agriculture. The pastor says that the tithe is to be money. Uh, You know, if you want to obey God in the tithe, obey God in the tithe. But you are not obeying God in the tithe. You're obeying the pastor. And I encourage (laughs) you to look at chapter 17 of Jeremiah. Chapter 17 of Jeremiah in verse 5, the Bible tells us that the uh, cursed is the man, that That uh, uh, chooses flesh as his arm uh, For he's rejecting God Uh, And that's the whole thing When you choose to believe your pastor's word Over God's word You are actually rejecting God You may have be The pastor may be trying to convince you That you are obeying God in the tithe When actually you aren't obeying God in the tithe You're obeying your pastor You're rejecting God in the tithe
0: Yeah Yes, amen, so those are some good scriptures to look at Okay, Ron, thank you so much I'm glad we did this And it was a real blessing and It's always we'll a blessing to be on the show Oh, It's it always
1: a blessing to be on the show And we uh, uh, yeah. look forward to the next talk
0: Yes, amen, thank you so much God bless you God bless. All right, everybody That's our guest, Ron Roby and he's the tithe answer man He has all the answers <laughs> But of course we know that It's the Lord Jesus Christ that has all the answers And in his word And his word gives us strength His word gives us wisdom His word gives us joy His word gives us peace, amen? Amen Oh, we thank God for his word and for the truth of his word. And we want to remember the most important thing today is, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Some of you may be listening. You say, well, I've I've never accepted Jesus. I've never been born again. And Jesus said in the third chapter of John, that ye must be born again First you're born of your mother And then you must be born again Of my spirit And you say well How do I, how do I get born again and, and it's a real experience We, Those of us that have been born again We can tell you it's real Because you go from one minute You're in the kingdom of darkness And you go into the kingdom of light When you ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins and you repent with a repentant heart and you ask him to, to be your Lord and Savior. He comes into your life, he takes over your life, and you have a brand new life. It's simple. It's not a hard gospel. It's not a hard gospel. And Romans 3 says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and the wages of sin is death. Romans 10, Romans 10 says whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And God is not a man that he should lie. You don't have to save ten Our Fathers and five Hail Marys and, and do penance for the rest of your life because of the things you've done. We've all done things in our life that we wish we would have never done. But God forgives you, and he gives you a, a, a brand-new life, and old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. So no matter what you've done in your life, God will forgive you. And he he forgets about it. He doesn't remember what you did 50 years ago. I mean, other people might remember what you did 50 years ago and try to condemn you for it. But after you're born again and you receive Jesus, you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. So you can have that assurance today. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, Romans 6.23. Romans 5, 8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And that's so true. There's only one person that was righteous on this earth, and he died and laid down his life for us so we could have eternal life, and we could have joy and peace. So give your life to Jesus today. It's something you'll never regret, ever. You will never regret it. And we know that when we leave this earth, We will have a home in heaven. We have that promise that we will be with him for all eternity. So God bless you. Don't forget if you want to contact me, Susan at PatheticNews.com. And we have our website, PatheticNews.com, too, our YouTube channel. Our books are on Amazon. And uh, thank all our listeners around the world today that have tuned in. And all our, oh, our people in the chat room that stopped by today, thank you so much. God bless.
2: Unjunk your sleep at Mattress Firm's Cyber Week Sale and wake up a better you. Shop in-store or online and save up to $500 when you get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy Purchase, up to a $4.99 value. Or save up to $500 on Tempur-Pedic, the most highly recommended bed in America. And you can shop with confidence thanks to our low-price guarantee. Unjunk your sleep, only at Mattress Firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. See details at mattressfirm.com.
1: Sure, you may be able to hear just how crispy the McDonald's Crispy Juicy Tender Chicken Sandwich is. But that's just the beginning. The full Crispy Juicy Tender experience comes after you take your first bite. But why stop there? Order ahead on the app and get medium fries and soft drink for free.
2: Now that's a deal
1: that tastes even better than it sounds. Valid 830 to 919, 1011 to 1031 and 1122 to 121221. Valid one time per week. McDonald's app download and registration required.